Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. We belong together in the body of Christ at large. We are the bride of Christ. The church universal makes up the body of Christ. But we also have the local fellowship, the local body that we are connected to. And how many know that connection is so important? Amen. I got brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. And when I see them, I appreciate that. I love to go to conferences and things like that. And I see my brothers and sisters there. We talk about things. We reminisce, all that good stuff. And we're connected, but we're not connected like we are here. This is my family right here. I've got brothers and sisters all over the world, literally. I've got a, a brother who lives in Australia. He lives in, uh, in Brisbane, Australia. I've got brothers and sisters in the mountains of North Carolina, a uh, sister in Alabama. I've got family all over the place. Now, today, as a matter of fact, there's a vest reunion taking place up in Old Fort, North Carolina. I didn't get to go for obvious reasons. They start at 10. They have lunch at 12. So by the time we got there, they'd be rolling things up. So we didn't bother. But this is more important because... This is my family. Now, family reunions and stuff like that are great. You know, we come, we reminisce, we look at the kids, we see how they've grown, we see who's got new babies, who's died, and all these things. We talk about all that. All that's good. But there's nothing like coming together corporately as a body of believers, joining together, putting our shoulders to the wheel, doing things together, and leaning on one another. I don't know about you, I need you. Did you hear me? I need you. And someday you're going to need me. Maybe not right now. But you will need me. We need each other. You know? We need each other. And that's what church membership is really all about. I am a member. We've got this little book. And some of you have gone through this book. Some of you haven't. But what we're going to ask you this morning, if you want to be a member of this church of of Destiny City, uh, one of the prerequisites is that we all go through this book together. Why do we do that? Because we all want to be on the same page. You know, you don't go into the Marine Corps and then go running out to the battlefield without going through basic training, do you? If you did that, what would happen? You wouldn't last very long. Besides that, nobody would trust you. I mean, who's this joker? He didn't go through. He didn't, I don't know who he is. He hasn't been with me from the beginning. There's no commitment here. He might run. I'm not having anything to do with this guy because he just came running up. But we need one another and we need that connection. So I'm going to share some, some principles with you out of this book that, uh, that are important for us to know. Now, first of all, like I said, you are a child of God, then you belong to the universal church, but we're made up of, of local fellowships. And, uh, and so, you know, just like my vet, the Vest family, the Vest clan meeting today, they're all over the place. We're all related, but there are a lot of Vests that I don't even know. I remember one time, this is kind of funny, but it, was, it, it actually happened. I, uh, I was working for a place that made conveyor systems for bottles, Okay. And this was right about the time I got married. And and I was in there one day, and I look on one of the conveyor systems. There's a bottle sitting there. And oddly enough, it had a guitar on it, and it said Vescola. And I'm like, whoa, 
I, I said, where did you get that? They said, well, Best Bottling Company in St. Louis, Missouri has ordered this conveyor system for their bottling uh, company. And uh, I said, well, what are you going to do with the bottle? They said, well, you can have it when you get done, when we get done with it. So as soon as they were done with it, I got the bottle. So from then on, whenever I traveled around or anything, if I saw the best brand, I would buy it. And I was actually in Big Lots one day, and I saw a whole thing of Vest Cola. So I went and bought up a bunch of Vest Cola. They even had one called Vest Up. <laughs> like 7-Up. You know, Vest Up. And, and so, you know, I thought this is interesting. I, I, I just, you know, because there's not that many Vests. How many have ever seen the name Vest before you met me? Probably not. You know, I go to the bank or something. They ask me my name. I'll say Don Vest. Don West? No, Don Vest. Don Best? No, Don Vest. Don Vest. No, no T. Just V-E-S-S like mess. Only Vest. You know, and, and I've, I've had to deal with this all my life. Now my poor wife has to put up with it. She's Becky Best. And... So it's, it's just, we, we have to put up with that all the time. But I just thought, you know, there's not that many vests. So surely there's got to be a family connection somewhere. And I was just curious to know if there were more vests out in the St. Louis area, which I found out there are. So I write this company and I asked them about it. I told them who I was and was just basically looking to see. Well, I think the company thought that I was going to try to lay claim to the Vest Cola fortunes. So they send me this letter back. said, Dear Mr. Vest. Uh, Vest Cola Bottling Company was started by, with, by a man by the name of Vess Jones. Yeah, right. I've actually gone back and researched it on, on uh, Google now. I Googled it a couple times, and it was actually started by Vess's. So it, it does come back to our family name. I think there was, you know, this thing of... But anyway, what I'm saying is you can be connected but not connected. That's what I'm saying. And I've got believers all over the world. But we don't have any real connection except when we see each other in other places. I've gone mission trips to Mexico, Russia, uh, Jamaica, Canada, all over the place. And, and, and I meet other believers and we're able to work together. But you know what? I can't wait to get back home to my, to my peeps. You know what I'm saying? I just can't wait to get back to my people. And, and I, love it. I love being a part of a body. So, so what I'm going to talk to today, I'm going to highlight a little bit about what this little book says about being a church member. And, and there's so much scripture that supports church membership. As a matter of fact, if you go to the very book of Acts, when the church was started on the day of Pentecost, and it says that when Peter stood up and he preached, they were added to the church that day, 3,000 souls. They were added to, everybody say, to the church. So they were keeping numbers even in those days. They were added to the church. Later on, you know, Peter preached and, and, the, and the man at the, at, the, at the gate called Beautiful, they saw a miracle. And that day there were people added to the church. And, and when the church was dispersed and they were scattered abroad, even then there were people added to the church. And when in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, we see that the church was, uh, was going around. They were having fellowships together. They were meeting together every day. They were breaking bread together. They were sharing the apostles' teachings together. And the Bible says, and they were adding to the church daily those who were being saved. So we see that church membership is in the Bible. It's all through it. As a matter of fact, Jesus' prayer, now we always say that the Lord's prayer is our Father which art in heaven. No, Jesus said, this is the way you are to pray. 
This wasn't the Lord's prayer. It's our prayer that he taught us how to pray. The Lord's prayer was found in John chapter 17 when he said, Father, make them one, even as you and I are one. That was his prayer for the church, that we be one, that we be united together as one. Wow. Now, that, what does that mean, that we be one, that we have one purpose? Our goal is to serve him, is to glorify him, and to build the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in Matthew chapter 16. So we see that, that church membership is in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Paul talked about it extensively in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He also talks, talks about it in Ephesians chapter 4, but particularly in chapter 12 of Ephesians, beginning in first, uh, verse 14, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. There are many members of the body. So that tells me that church membership is being stressed there. We are one body, but we are many members. Okay? Just like I have one body but many members. What would it be if my body was a finger? Imagine that. All I am is a finger. And all I can do is walk around feeling stuff. I'd leave my print everywhere, but that's about it. I wouldn't be able to do much if only I was a finger. Or if, if I was a finger with one leg. You know, I could just kind of get around. But God has put us together with many members. And each of these members are important. If you don't believe it, just, just tie one hand behind your back for a day and try to do something. Especially if you're right-handed, use your left. See how disjointed you feel. See how prohibited you feel. You can't do hardly anything. You know, I can't even write left-handed. I'm sorry, folks. If somebody asked me to sign my name left-handed, all I'd be able to do is put an X. I can hardly do it. But you get the picture. Each part of the body is important. Each one of us are important. Now, Paul, Paul uses the human body as a metaphor, the way of the church body is made up, and how we're joined together to form one body, but with each part of the body supporting the other. So when our church body is healthy and functions together as a unit, with each member doing their part, then we're healthy and strong church. But problems develop when some members of the body falter and become disjointed or non-functioning. Think about that. So we all have a have a have a uh, a job to do. Now, now this book tells the story of two men. These two men had had met at church, and they got in a, got involved in a Bible study together, and they became friends. They started meeting together and having fellowship together. Started doing breakfast together, and and you know they just got became really really good friends. And so you know they talked about fishing and sports and all kinds of things with their family and all of that. You know, and and, and they just were good buddies. And one day they met and one of the other, one of the other, one of the, the, the guys says to the other, you know, my wife and I are going to be leaving the church. And he's like, what? It just floored him. He said, why? Why are you leaving the church? He said, well, he said, you know, we don't really feel like we're apart. I mean, the pastor, we're not getting anything out of the pastor's sermons anymore. We just feel like we're not getting fed. Anybody ever heard that one? We're, why did you leave the church? Well, I just wasn't getting fed. And he said, you know, that, that 
we, there are things that, are, that people are doing we just don't feel like we're a part of anymore. And, and he says, besides that, the pastor's just too busy to really minister to us. So as a matter of fact, you know, my, my wife, my wife's father was in the hospital and, and I called the pastor to go visit him and he didn't visit him. Well, he failed to mention that the father-in-law lived 50 miles away and the pastor did call him and prayed with him over the phone, but that wasn't good enough. And you know, he, he just went on to give this long litany of reasons as to why they were leaving the church. And the other guy said, well, you know, my wife and I haven't found that to be that way at all. As a matter of fact, we love being a part of the church because we found there that, that we can get involved and we found areas where we can minister and, and we love the pastor. We pray for him constantly, you know. We, we love being supported and, and we, we love what God is doing in the church. We, we love, but see, what was going on was just a matter of perspective. They each had a different perspective of what church membership was about. And some folks have a perspective or perception that the church is more like a country club. If I join up, then I have rights in the church. I have, um, you know, the church is entitled then to, to minister to me and my family. You've got to, you know, and, and, and also as I tithe and give, that's kind of like paying my dues in the church. But that's really not what the church is about because when we give, we give unto the Lord. We give it to Him. And whatever we do in word or deed, we do it as unto the Lord. We do it for Him. And so when we do that together as a body, then we're healthy and we're satisfied. The most unsatisfied church members are those who are disconnected and uninvolved. Don't want to get involved. I don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. I just want to come. You know, I'll pay my tithe, and when somebody dies, I'll call you, or somebody's born, I'll call you, or if I need you, I'll call you. Otherwise, just, you know. So, we, we are the most committed to being noncommittal. So, it's easy to, to critique and blame the ills of the church on the pastor and the faulty members. As a matter of fact... One of the chief reasons that people don't go to church or stop going to church that you hear is what? It's because of those darn... Those hypocrites. Now, Jesus told us about judging one another. Didn't he? He said, don't judge lest you be judged. For with the same measure you judge others, you shall also be judged. So when we judge those hypocrites, what we're doing is looking down our hypocritical nose at the hypocrites and, 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 and measuring them up, sizing them up. Oh, you hypocrite. Well, that makes us hypocritical when we do that, but that's a lot of the reason why people don't go to church. And, and, and so we end up looking at the church like a country club where membership means entitlements, perks, and privileges. Instead of it's a place where joining means you will discover the joy of belonging and serving and being involved in the, and growing the kingdom of God. It's wonderful to see the fruit that comes out of being joined together and working together and seeing God do incredible things. I am so blessed every time I walk into this building and I look and I see what a small handful of people can do when they get together and decide to work together. 
In 10 weeks time, this place was transformed into what you see right now. 10 weeks. You should have seen it when we started. But to see how people can work together and accomplish great things. You know, we can win whether by many or by few. But God, we can do so much more when we get together and we build an army of believers. I was literally, I was outside the other day on a Wednesday night when we were having intercessory prayer. Okay? Now y'all going to think I'm getting a little spooky here. But I was standing outside. And the Lord just began to give me a vision of what Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 37. When he saw a valley of dry bones. And God asked him a question. He said, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said back to God, he says, you know. I mean, you asking me? You know whether these bones can live or not? And the Spirit said to him, son of man, prophesy to these bones. So Ezekiel started prophesying over those dead bones. He started commanding life to them. He started commanding that they come together, that they be joined together, that they rise up. He started commanding. And as he's prophesying to these bones, a rattling started t- taking shape. You know, I mean, there's just all this rattling going on. I'd love to have been there, man. I mean, this rattling, all these bones rattling. I mean, here, here was a bone that was disconnected way over there that belonged over here. And all these bones started coming together. And as they started coming together, then there were sinews started to appear on the bones. And then there was, there was, there was flesh started coming up on the bones and muscle. And then, and then as the bones started to come together, he said, now prophesy life to them. So he prophesied life to them and they stood up on their feet and became a great and mighty army. And so God was saying to me, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. And I began to speak life over this place. I began to speak life over this city. And God is doing something. He's bringing these bones together. He's bringing these dry bones together. He's pouring life into them. And we're going to see a great army rise up. That's what God is doing. That wasn't in my notes, but that's free. So what is biblical church membership? I believe it's just that. It's where life happens. It's where life happens. We don't want to be a dead church. We don't want to be just a a bunch of dry bones sitting around. We want to be alive, a church that's alive with purpose. You know, we we, we have a mantra. I'm going to leave my notes for a minute. I'm just going to preach if that's all right. Because... We have a purpose, and our purpose as we exist as a body of believers is not for ourselves, but is to help others to find, discover, and fulfill their God-given destiny. Because each one of you have one. And you would say, what is it? You know, Lord. But I speak life to you. I speak purpose to you. You have purpose. You have destiny inside of you. And God is raising up a mighty army here. and You belong to it. He's pulling us together by his spirit. Listen, folks, if we do all of this stuff mechanically, if we do it by the law, it is dead. It's just a a valley of dry bones. 
But if the Spirit of the Lord is bringing us together, and He's raising us together, and He's pouring Himself into us, then we become a mighty army, and we have purpose, and we can shake up some things around here. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. It's not just so we can have another organization or another church down the street. we got enough of those. God wants a place that's alive and full of His presence. When Brother Frank was here a few weeks ago, Frank Harvey, our, our apostle, when he came and he spoke to us and, and dedicated this building, he said, what you should pray for is that the presence of God abide in this place at all times. And when people walk on these grounds, they feel the presence of the Lord. I want you to know something, folks. It's like ants coming out of the forum here now. I'm not kidding. When the forum is open, there are people coming down here all the time, and it's almost like they want to hang around. And I believe it's because they feel the presence of the Lord. They sense the presence of God in this place. And that's an awesome thing. And that's what God is doing. And that's what this membership thing is all about. Joining together. One shall put the flight a thousand. Two shall put the flight ten thousand. And when we come together as a mighty army of God, we shall destroy the yoke of the enemy. We shall break it off of people. We shall see freedom abound in people's lives. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Amen. Wow. Do I need to get back to these? Okay, what is biblical church membership? One of the things that we did in, in this course is we have these little pledge forms in there. And you can sign a pledge form. You know what that means? Nothing. Unless you truly mean what you did. We see people sign marriage license. You know what that means? Nothing. Because they say if it doesn't work out, we'll just go get this annulled or, 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 or you know, I can kick this one aside and get another one you know we can just we can we'll get what we want but the thing of it is when we make a commitment to one another in the spirit then it's real it's real God is joining us together now I like what it says in 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 first Corinthians chapter 12 that that by his spirit the Lord joins us together and it's by his spirit that he puts gifts inside of us and, and each one of us have our purpose in the body of Christ. So by his spirit, he shows us what to do. You know, I can, I can, we can do gift surveys and everything else. And we can, we can do all of these things. And we can try to help you find your place of service in the body of Christ. But what's more important is when the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. And you get a di- divine revelation of what God's called you for. And then you begin to fulfill your purpose. And then you can do it with the power and demonstration of the spirit of God. You're not struggling to get it done amen the thing about it is when you know what your purpose is in Christ nothing can keep you from it nothing Jesus went all the way to Calvary because he knew what his purpose was nothing would stop him the devil tried to stop him even tried to stop him with death but that didn't stop him because he had purpose and he knew what he was what he came here for he knew what his destiny was and he fulfilled it that's what we've got to seek for in the body of Christ so God's called us together with that sense of purpose and destiny. And, and that's what membership is really all about. Like I said, we can put our name on the roll. And that doesn't really mean anything unless you're committed to what you said. The other thing is, God's called us to, to dwell together in unity. I love what it says in Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when men dwell together in 
Now that's not that little town over there near. Uh, no, unity is where we become one. Where we become one in purpose, in spirit. We're the embodiment of what Christ and the Godhead is. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. And when the Holy Spirit abides inside of us, that makes us one with Him. Because it's His Spirit inside of us. That's the only way that we can be one with Him. It's when His Spirit inside of us makes us one with Him. We can try to do it through, through the law or the letter of the law, and it's not going to work. You know, whenever you have the law, you've got to have a sheriff, don't you? Somebody's got to enforce the law. And, and, you know, it's not the pastor's responsibility to be the sheriff. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Because his law is not written on tablets of stone or paper. They're written in our hearts. So what I want you to do is not connect based upon putting your name on a roll, but connect based upon the commitment of the heart, what is written in your heart toward God, where you say, I am one with the purpose of this church, and we're moving together, we're moving forward in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're letting Him lead. Amen? And we'll follow. Amen? So, that has nothing to do with the notes. But it does. It does and it doesn't. <laughs> We're called to be unifying church members. Jesus' desire in his prayer was that his people would love one another even and be one, even as his Father and he are one. In John 13, 35, y'all know this. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love, love one for another. If you have love one for another. The only reason that I'm here today is because I love Jesus. I love his kingdom. And because I love Jesus and his love abides in me, it gives me love for you. It gives me love for his people. A love that's greater than anything else because Jesus said that greater love hath no man than this, that one should do what? Lay down his life for his friends. Now, laying down your life for your friends means that you forget all about your own ambitions and everything else, and you're willing to lay yourself down for the purposes of, of, of helping others. And so, that, that's what I had to make a decision about years ago when I had a cushy job with Duke, Duke uh, Energy or Duke uh, Power, and it was, was am I going to really do this? Am I going to leave my cushy job behind and go into the ministry? You know, and, and they even told me, you know, if you leave and you go into the ministry, if that preaching thing don't work out, come back and get your job back. You know, that's kind of, and a lot of times, folks, that the enemy would kind of speak to me, said, don't you want to go back and get your job back? A lot of Monday mornings, I want to go get my job back in my flesh. But I made a commitment. I made a commitment to follow Jesus. And there was no looking back. So, in my mind, I had done what Elisha did when he was called by Elijah. When Elijah came and he, and he threw his, his, his uh, what do you call that thing? His mantle, cloak upon him. And Elisha goes back. And, and, and he had 12 yoke of oxen. You don't understand the implications of that. 12 yoke of oxen meant that Elisha had some stuff. He was a rich man. He had some stuff. It wasn't that he was just behind some puny little mule. 
plowing with a one horse plow, he had some stuff. He had 12 yoke. That's not 12 oxen. That's 12 yoke of oxen. And he goes back and he takes those 12 yoke of oxen and he kills them. Wow. There's no going back to that, is there? Those oxen ain't going to help you any. Only thing you can do with those oxen now is eat them or sacrifice them, which is what he did. And he took the plow so that if he did get some oxen, they wouldn't do him any good. We don't have any plows now. And he burned the plows and he offered the oxen up on the plow. Now that's a picture of what Jesus said. He that having set his hand to the plow and looking back is no longer fit for the kingdom. Wow. That's sermon number three in, in this one. So, <laughs> But the thing I'm saying is in moving forward folks we, we're in this thing. You know I don't want you to become a member of Destiny City if you've got this thought in the back of your mind. Well, I'm going to check this thing out. If I don't like it, I'll just go to church down the street. There's enough of that stuff. Either you're in or you're not. You know what I'm saying? Either we're committed to one another and we're going to see this thing through. It's kind of like somebody coming to the altar with their bride and just saying as they're on the way up the altar, well, you know, if this thing don't work out. No, we're in it because... The church is the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ and we're joined together. We are one and that's what God's called us to be. We are to be a unifying church. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore as a prisoner of the Lord entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of calling which you've been called with all humility and gentleness and patience showing forbearance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now that's what God's called us to do. So with everything we can with all diligence we are to love and to preserve the unity of the spirit. That means that there's to be no gossip no complaining no nitpicking no backbiting it means that we have to we must forgive and show mercy to the extent that you and I have been shown mercy and shown grace by him forgive even as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's to the extent that we are to forgive one another and love one another and encourage one another and keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That means that the bathrooms do not become the back room of the church where we go and we share our gossips. Wow. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. So we're to do everything we can with all diligence in love to preserve the unity of the spirit to bear with one another to bear with the failings of the weak and forbear one another what, what is forbear? it means you know that's the forbearings that love runs on forbearing unity the third motive, motive is I will not let my church be about my preference and desires it's not about me remember there was a few, a few years ago there was a song came out from Lakewood Assembly it's all about you. It's all about. And, and a lot of times, I could almost envision people up there, they're singing, it's all about you, but they're thinking, it's all about me. <laughs> it's not about me. It's not about mine. It's about him. And it's about serving one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, 
For you have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an occasion to serve your flesh, but by love serve one another. Amen. You've been called to freedom for a purpose, to serve one another. We were set free from the bondages of sin so that we would be free to minister to one another. It's all about one another. I, I did a message one time and I thought I was going to wear myself out because I just, I just did a word search on that phrase, one another. And it just opened up this whole plethora. I mean, I could preach a whole th- three-year series on one another because the Bible says so much about how we are to relate to one another, love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, you know, support one another. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So we are in a a one another ministry. It's not about us. It's about serving. And, And we're called to be a serving church. Sometimes we can be just like the disciples were when they were with Jesus and they were jockeying for position in his kingdom and they were arguing. Two of the disciples were saying, you know, would you allow one of us to sit on one hand, one on the other in your kingdom? And Jesus said, you don't ask, you know what you're asking. He says, as a matter of fact, if you're going to be great, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Wow. Does that sound like we jockey for position? So the position we should jockey for is the low, lowest position. Amen. Serve one another. Serve. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, don't go for the main place at the table because if you do, you might be asked to move to the low place. Instead, go to the low place, then you might be asked to move up to the front. Oh, so okay. (laughs) The sooner we learn the principle, the sooner we become fulfilled in the kingdom of God. A satisfied church member is one who's found a place to serve and function within the body. We're, we're, we're called to go out into the world and make disciples and this be, can be accomplished much more efficiently and effectively if we work together as a body. Then the world will see our love for one another and how we serve one another for the greater good. The fourth motive is to pray for your church leaders. That goes without saying. What do we need it? You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.